0: Ah, yes, it is another episode of MLB Morning Coffee coming to you on a Friday mid-morning slash mid-afternoon from the Ocean Avenue studios here in San Francisco, California. This is your host, Greg Moraz. a pleasure to have you along, as always. Couple of housekeeping items, as per usual, make sure you write that review, hit that rating button, and subscribe. Our metrics are going up. We appreciate those that are following along, and again, we're going to get back to a daily baseball show once opening day actually gets here. So we're going to be putting out content every day. We're going to be giving you a recap of everything that is going on surrounding Major League Baseball, and I think that we're going to have a really fun and compact 60-game season full of shows. Granted, I'm still going to be critical of the product itself because... Well, the product at this point deserves to be criticized. There's no question in my mind that we can't sit here, enjoy a Major League Baseball season, and act like nothing's happened, and not watch it with a critical eye, and not question the people in charge, and say, hey, maybe this shouldn't be happening in this spot, or maybe we should be a little bit more careful about how we handle sports in the age of coronavirus. So to put that out there first... I'm going to enjoy this season as a baseball fan, as somebody who loves the game, but I don't have to enjoy MLB, the entity. I don't have to accept what Major League Baseball is doing to minor league baseball and what Major League Baseball is doing to its players by making them play in the middle of a pandemic. And some players are excited to play. There are other players that are very much questioning what is going on in terms of testing protocol. I am one that has forever been questioning what Major League Baseball is doing during testing protocol and understanding how big of a risk it is to be playing sports in an environment that is not completely controlled during a global health crisis. Players should be paid their full prorated salary, which they are, but It shouldn't have taken this long to get to this point. And the fact of the matter is, and this is what I want to transition into today, and today's episode is titled, This is Not the Time for MLB to be Tone Deaf. And the reason why I titled it that is that there are two stories that have come out in the last couple of days that have shown that despite the fact that we're chugging along and less than a week away from Major League Baseball's opening day, we've got Nationals and Yankees Dodgers and Giants on opening night, July 23rd, and then a full slate of games on July 24th. We're less than a week away from opening day, and we still have instances of people being 1,000% tone deaf to the issues that the United States is facing economically right now. And those two people are are White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf and, as a proxy, USA Today writer Bob Nightingale, somebody that I love to criticize on this show, and former Major League infielder and now current Fox Sports and ESPN baseball commentator Alex Rodriguez. So where do we want to start? I want to start with A-Rod. And the reason I want to start with A-Rod is that he is being 1,000% hypocritical in what I'm about to talk about. Alex Rodriguez had the richest contract in baseball back in 2002 when he signed a 10-year, $250 million deal with the Texas Rangers. Alex Rodriguez, at the time, was the richest athlete in professional sports, or at least amongst the four organized professional sports teams. Now, Alex Rodriguez has come out and said that MLB needs a salary cap. So, let's talk about what Alex Rodriguez, who, by the way, is a bidder for the New York Mets. He and several other groups of billionaires are trying to buy the New York Mets. So, here is a story from ESPN.com yesterday. It begins here. Alex Rodriguez, among the bidders for a possible purchase of the New York Mets, called for baseball players to accept the type of revenue-sharing system that is tied to a salary cap and sparked quick opposition from the union. However, Rodriguez later stressed that he never said, quote, salary cap. Following the collapse of labor talks dealing with the fallout of the coronavirus pandemic, relations between Major League Baseball and the Players Association are at the lowest point in a quarter century. The sides appear headed to a spring training lockout in 2022. Preparing for the start of his third season as an analyst on ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball telecasts, Rodriguez said players' leverage has changed since they fought off the owner's salary cap proposal with a seven and a half month strike in the 1994 and 1995 seasons. He said the rise of the NFL and NBA has changed the equation, along with digital media, and said the Players' Association should work collaboratively with MLB to raise the sports market share. Quote, the only way it's going to happen is if they get to the table and say the number one goal, let's get from $10 billion to $15 billion, and then we'll split the economics evenly, he said Thursday during a conference call. Rodriguez continues, quote, but that's the type of conversation instead of fighting and fighting against each other because there's too much competition out there right now. Now, union head Tony Clark responds to this saying, Alex benefited as much as anybody from the battles this union fought against owners' repeated attempts to get a salary cap. Now that he is attempting to become an owner himself, his perspective appears to be different, and that perspective does not reflect the best interests of the players. Now, early this morning, Rodriguez said, Yesterday when I was asked about the CBA expiring in 2021, I answered honestly but never mentioned the word salary cap. I suggested on the call that both sides, players and owners, work together to make baseball as big as the NFL and the NBA. Rodriguez, by the way, made $448 million in his big league career and he debuted with Seattle in July of 1994, just 10 days before the strike started on August 12th. Right now, I'm going back and forth between what the article says and what my opinion is. So Rodriguez and his girlfriend, Jennifer Lopez, are trying to buy the Mets from the Wilpon family. Rodriguez made, as we just said, $448 million in his career from baseball, but he obviously has a lot more money from endorsements and television deals and what have you. So A-Rod is a guy that not only is a complete hypocrite to what he's talking about in terms of a salary cap, but Alex Rodriguez also violated labor agreements when he was suspended for steroids in 2014 and he ended up losing about $23 million of his $25 million salary for that 2014 season. So Alex Rodriguez coming out and saying that there should be a salary cap when he made $448 million during his career is asinine. Alex Rodriguez was the first athlete with a mega deal. So now that he wants to become an owner, he suddenly changes his tune to where the MLB needs to be more like the NBA and the NFL. Now look, there are a lot of people that think that professional athletes are overpaid. Well, guess what? For your entertainment dollar, what's the product? What's the product? It's the players. You don't come to the ballpark to watch the owners. You don't come to the ballpark to watch the umpires. You don't come to the ballpark to support the corporate sponsors. The product is is the players. You make your profits because people come to watch the players. The scale of finances is big for the players, but it's even bigger for the owners. So for Alex Rodriguez, who was the biggest beneficiary of baseball's open market salary system as anyone to come out and say this, eh, you're wrong. And by the way, let's remember how big of a cheat and a fraud Alex Rodriguez was when he was a player. That this guy that claimed that he was clean the whole time tests positive in the Biogenesis scandal. He is a roid boy through and through. And if Barry Bonds doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, and Roger Clemens doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, neither should Alex Rodriguez. But because Alex Rodriguez is a good TV personality, and he's somebody that people like to look at because he's a pretty human... Don't act like his past doesn't matter. You can love the athlete and hate the person. There's a lot of people, athletes are not role models, that you love the athlete you hate the person. Charles Barkley even said, I am not a role model. Do not give Alex Rodriguez a pass for this. Do not give him a pass ever because he does not deserve it. And if you knew the real Alex Rodriguez the one that people despised when he was at the back end of his playing career, maybe you'd think a little bit differently about what he says when he goes on television. Now, I want to point you toward a New York Post article that has quotes from Brandon McCarthy, a 13-year big league veteran who played with the Yankees for a brief period of time. Here's a quote from McCarthy. He says, I hope to God... He's shouted out of every clubhouse he attempts to enter in this and future seasons. Call him a self-serving liar and make him explain himself to a room full of his former peers if he wants broadcast content. He then puts on Twitter, I own a sports team. You do not have to be anti-player to be an owner. You can accept that you won't take advantage of them and won't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. Be fair and don't be a liar. And by the way, McCarthy is the owner of Phoenix Rising FC, which is a USL soccer team. So that's pretty succinct and pretty clear. And I think it's pretty understood that there are a lot of people that think the same way that Brandon McCarthy does. So, Alex Rodriguez, you've put yourself between a rock and a hard place. Don't be tone deaf and understand that you were as big of a beneficiary of the system that allowed you to earn $448 million throughout your career as anybody. Don't be a liar, except that you were a beneficiary of a system that you effectively are now trying to take down. But the greed and the tone deafness does not just stop with Alex Rodriguez. We have to move forward to Jerry Reinsdorf, who, by the way, I have been told that Jerry Reinsdorf is very good friends with Bob Nightingale of USA Today. And Bob Nightingale, as many of you that listen to this podcast know, I am not a fan of. Why? Because I think Bob Nightingale holds water for the owners more than he does for anybody else and basically wants to be a syncophant of the owners. Because it benefits his career and it benefits his platform. By the way, I will just let you know that I don't think Bob Nightingale is a very good reporter for the sake of his writing style and the amount of typos that he puts in his tweets and his articles. But I will say this. Bob Nightingale does get access that a lot of people don't get. And the reason why Bob Nightingale gets some of the access that he does is that he is in the owner's back pocket. So, here is the article that Bob Nightingale published Two days ago on USA today.com It begins, quote, There were times in recent months that Chicago White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf, the club's owner since 1981, wondered if there would even be a season. Reinsdorf is quoted as saying, I was concerned the union was maneuvering not to have a season. I kept hoping against hope that we'd reach an agreement and get more games in this season. I just hope the clubs and the union figure out a way to get along before the start of next season. I don't think the game was best served by all of the acrimony, end quote. So a little bit further down in the article, Reinsdorf is talking about how much money he is losing this season between the White Sox and the other team that he owns, the Chicago Bulls. The two teams in the stadium all have expenses, Reinsdorf says. None have income. That's a bad business model. The Bulls got to play 75% of the season, so the losses aren't bad. We had a lousy season, 22-43. and 43. That was the Bulls record. And I also do a Bulls podcast, by the way, the Hoop Chicago Bulls podcast. Go and check that out. So we weren't going to be in the playoffs anyway, but the baseball losses are tremendous. I'm very worried about next year. I don't know how much money we are going to lose. There are just so many unknowns. When we had the long layoffs in 81 and 94, we had some idea it was going to end. And once it ended, we would get back to normal. We not only don't when this will end, but when will normal come back? And the rest of the article goes on to talk about the White Sox rebuild and also being able to get through the COVID-19 season. But this is what bothers me. I don't think baseball was well served by all of the acrimony. Who caused the acrimony? It was you guys, the owners. And by the way, who was one of the owners that was completely behind the strike of 1994. Let's see, let me remember. Oh yeah, it was you, Jerry Reinsdorf. You're the guy that's at fault here. So don't be putting this on baseball as a whole. You have nowhere to speak from in this scenario. That is my opinion. You don't have a leg to stand on here because... You are the guy that helped cause all of this to happen in 1994. That's your fault, Jerry Reinsdorf, not the fault of anybody else other than you and your fellow owners. You're talking about acrimony. You caused the acrimony. The players wanted to play more games. It goes on to say that we wanted to play more games. No, the players wanted to play more games. You didn't want to pay them their money. And now Jerry Reinsdorf, who has owned pro sports teams. By the way, Reinsdorf has made his money owning teams at this point in time. He's owned the White Sox since 1981. He's owned the Bulls since 1984. He has one baseball title and six NBA titles. And the imagery of a brand in the Chicago Bulls that has profited them basically every single year since the Jordan era. The Bulls are still a very popular product, albeit a product that is run somewhat incompetently, or at least was, if you're a Bulls fan. I'm not going to go into the rest of my Chicago Bulls discussion, but my point here is this. You cannot be criticizing people for acrimony when you have historically caused acrimony. It's the pot calling the kettle black, and it is extremely tone deaf. When you're worth over $1.6 billion, and you're probably pretty liquid, and you've been making money off of your sports team's hand over fist for decades, it's tone deaf to the highest degree. And so as we conclude this episode, I want people to understand that the entities that they root for are all owned by people that don't give a flying you-know-what about the game. They just care about their pocketbooks. It's a line item for them. It is another piece of their balance sheet. And I actually want to point you to a thread by Eugene Friedman, who was on the Dan Bernstein Show a little bit earlier today. You can go back and find that on the Dan Bernstein Show podcast page, but Eugene Friedman is a labor lawyer who has written extensively about baseball's labor negotiations. So here is he putting together a thread about Bob Nightingale's interview with Jerry Reinsdorf. It starts like this. Here we are. We have an agreement. The season is moving forward and Bob Nightingale is still carrying owner's water and posting their outrageous opinions about how it's all the union's fault. Let's break it down in a thread. Jerry Reinsdorf is one of the key architects of number one, collusion. For those who don't remember, from the 1985-87, MLB engaged in a violation of the CBA to prevent free agents from receiving any offers from any team other than their original team. It was a direct violation of the CBA. Andre Dawson had to offer a blank contract to the Cubs. Tim Raines who was perhaps the best player in baseball at the time, was not offered a single contract and missed an entire month of play before returning to the Expos. Over three arbitration cases, the owners had to pay millions of dollars in damages. Reinsdorf was on MLB's Player Relations Committee, a group of hardline owners who were responsible for all of the labor strife throughout the 80s and 90s. So, let's ask his opinion on the current state of labor relations. Before we get to that, let's look at the White Sox. He bought them in 1981 for $19 million. Forbes now values the team at $1.65 billion. So, a pause from the thread. That was not Reinsdorf's personal valuation that I quoted. It was the actual valuation of the White Sox. But you can take that as a part of his personal worth, and Lord knows what his actual personal worth is when you add in the Chicago Bulls. Not a bad investment, the thread continues. That value and that growth not going away due to lack of fans in the stands this season. And he owns the Bulls too. I don't know much about basketball, but I watched the last stance. It was too much to play for a fourth consecutive championship, so he let Jordan retire, traded Pippen, which is not true. Pippen signed with the Rockets and chased Phil Jackson away. He's allergic to paying athletes what they're worth. That needs to be considered in the background of his quotes, which I am now going to review. And he reviews some of the quotes, and I invite you to read the rest of the thread. He basically holds Jerry Reinsdorf and the rest of Major League Baseball's owners accountable for all of their actions. And I will wrap up with that. I hope we're talking about some more actual baseball news soon. There have been intersquad games that have been going on, and quite frankly, that hasn't really excited me a whole lot. It's just scrimmages. I can't like act like certain scrimmages are really important. People are getting entertainment value out of them. But again, Major League Baseball is trying to act like there's nothing wrong. It's that dog meme of the dog sitting inside the house that's on fire with a cup of coffee saying, this is fine. No, this is not fine. You can enjoy a baseball season, but remember, if you contribute financially, in any event, to these Major League Baseball teams, you are putting money in the pockets of owners who are crying poor when they don't need to be. So just remember, think about where your money is going before you spend that money. And remember that there is tone deafness all throughout Major League Baseball, whether it's Alex Rodriguez, Jerry Reinsdorf, or anybody in between. This podcast is opinion-based, but I base my opinion in fact. Seek out the facts and then make the decision for yourself. You can listen to me. You can understand my doctrine here, but make sure you educate yourself to the facts before you make a decision financially with how you might support Major League Baseball. I highly recommend if you want to support a baseball team and you want to be a fan, Go buy a hat from a minor league organization. They need the money a whole hell of a lot more right now than any Major League Baseball team does. And with that, I will conclude here on MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Have a great weekend. If there's news, we'll come at you. But other than that, see you Monday morning.